Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Class is in session and we are at the start of a brand new month. That means a new lineup of RPGs are ahead of us. I am Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and I am joined once again by my assistant and brother-in-arms, Alex O'Neill, to help me check out the list of games coming out in May. But first, let's have a recap of what games we've been playing this past month. How's it going, Alex, and what have you been playing? Hi, Scott. It's going good. Um, playing a lot. Uh, I, I feel like I, I sunk my heels into some stuff this month, um, which was nice uh, over the last Excellent. two months, I, I should say, because I was not here last month. Um, uh, some good stuff came out this month, too. Um, mm-hmm. So so one thing I want to talk about, because I, I put a lot of time into it, was Kingdom of Amalur, Re-Reckoning. I finally like really kind of com- more committed to it. I when I played the game originally, I played the first like 22 hours, um, mm-hmm. way back when, uh, and like wrote a thing about it, and then was done with it. Um, and I liked it. I just you know, I was, a lot of stuff was going on uh, in I think that was like 2012 or 2013. Um, so I I've never really like seen the end of this game, <laughs> um, and nor have I like seen the DLC at all. Um, either the, the kind of expansion areas. So I, I like, I've now sunk my T. I'm like f- 63 hours into it. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, I'm, I haven't finished it yet either. It's worth noting. Um, I'm very much like, it feels like this last area is, is kind of like a straight shot where you're just kind of hitting roadblock after roadblock, trying to get to the, the kind of final place. Um, and it's fun because there is still like a pretty pervasive mystery as to like what, really is going on um Mm -hmm. with with uh the like the main villain who you haven't like really interacted with that much up until finally kind of getting to the end here uh and i did i've i did a lot a lot of bullshit there's a lot of bullshit in that game (laughs) uh (laughs) which it's part of its charm you know like if you want to do a thing where you have to go kill like 10 wolves that is for sure a game where you can do that a lot um, and there's just a, yes, it is a ton of dungeons to go through, which which I appreciate, even if they're they're very like Dragon Age two style, similar to one another. It, it's fun, um, mm-hmm. and I I did the, the there's kind of like a pirate island esque DLC. I did not realize that once you started it, you had to you could not go back until you kind of hit a certain point in the story. So I was like, oh well, I guess I'm just doing this now. Um, so I did that, <laughs> uh, and then there's another area I have not messed around with, but. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask, what was the amount of time you really put into the, the re-reckoning? The reckoning um, again. Yeah, uh, I would probably say I put in about 35 to 40 hours for my review. Mm-hmm. Um, over on Dual Shockers. Uh, still, the moment uh, our the wonderful and uh, recently birthday boy Greg Miller read out on uh, Kind of Funny Games Daily... Uh, yeah. He read part of my review, which is still a highlight of my gaming journalistic career. Hell yeah. Um, um, 
But no, I put a I put a good amount of time into it. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, I I put in some time on the original one as well, um, and I thought it was a very an interesting blend between like a fable style of kind of silliness and kind of the depth and exploration qualities of like a Skyrim, yeah, or a Morrowind. I thought it was a, a very unique blend of kind of those two. Um, and I thought Re-Reckoning was great. I think, it w- and like I said in my review, it it's not necessarily the best way to play it. It's just the most convenient way to play it. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish, you know, like the resolutions, it had been given a little bit more of a treatment there, but it's still fun. Uh, oh, yeah. Fr- it's still a blast. The frame rate is just very appreciated. A better frame rate for that mm-hmm. game. Um, what did you, like, what did you spec? What kind of character did you make? I did. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I believe arrows. I went heavy on the ranged uh, assassiny. Yeah. Arrows and daggers. I want to say are my main. It's funny. But that's kind of like my go-to with like your Elder Scrolls games or uh, this style of game, and in in a kind of similar fashion, kind of the ranged sniper pistol arrow in like a Fallout or Cyberpunk. That's kind of my shtick. It's funny because I... That is very much not my shtick. I am, like, the anti-rogue. Not that I, yeah. I love rogues. Um, and I've... I, definitely more recently, I've come to really appreciate them. Um, mm-hmm. But I've just never really played them because typically that's, like, a lot of espionage, thievery. And, you know, I love stealth games. But, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't really understand these things. So, so you, you can see oh, yeah. why I just veered away from it and stuck with the... the I usually go, like, a battle mage... Like a mix of magic and axes and swords and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time I went full thief, full rogue, nothing but rogue. Oh, um, daggers the whole way through, and arrow and bow as my secondary. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, getting to the end game where you can just like basically do the charge shot with bow twice, and it just insta kills anything. Yeah, uh, wonderful. It's a very different... I've been, like, stealing from people. It's been a very weird, mm-hmm. different time for me, but it's been fun cuz it is like a more serious world but it's also goofy like he said it has a goofy yeah. kind of tinge to it so it's been fun to, to kind of just wreck around <laughs> that world um, mm-hmm. I'm curious how it runs with the recent switch port yeah I, I wonder if, if that's like just a kind of locked 30 situation mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like if, if that's a stable frame rate like that's certainly a fun way to play that game oh yeah um, great on the go game yeah, uh, to kill time with because you can just like fight mobs of things for just twenty minutes at a time. It's you're you're good. You're set. Oh yeah, or explore or do all sorts of things. So. Yeah, just run through a, a little dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I, I I put a lot of time into this month was near, but I feel like you you got the full near experience. I want to hear about it. Uh, yeah, we'll do that. Do you want to do that um, later? Yeah, we can kind of go back and forth when we both do it. Okay. Because uh, I, ha- I I want to do something uh, before we get to, to my games. Okay. Um, I, uh, outside of here, I played, I've been sinking my, te- my teeth into Monster Hunter Rise just before we started. We talked about, I hit Hunter Rank 6, mm-hmm. uh, which I've, I'd, I've never done high rank stuff before. Just, I mean, again, my only experience mm-hmm. is uh, Monster Hunter World, but uh, it's cool. It, it's, it's cool seeing... A different side of Monster Hunter, I guess, like, like the more technical stuff and and like 
I, I, oh, I, I switched weapons. I don't think anyone, I haven't, we haven't streamed yet. So I've, I've, I'm no longer on the, the, the charge axe or whatever. Um, the, the charge blade. I'm now, uh, or I, I am now a charge blade. The, the sword and shield that you put into a giant axe. Mm -hmm. Um, that is, uh, been very different. Uh, it's a way, you gotta think about a lot of things when you're running with that. Um, <laughs> uh, I bet. But it's fun, and uh, I, that's what I love about Monster Hunter is just, I, I'm here I am, like, at the end of the game, but I just have all this junk in my box, so it's like, well, I can really just make whatever weapon I want. You know, I don't have to just mm -hmm. have uh, the charge blade or whatever I was using before. I can't remember any of their weird names. Um, but, uh, so, so I just kind of made it a higher rank, like, high level one of those, and I've been switching to that and, and really paying attention to that high rank armor set stuff where you, you get all these different modifiers and skill sets uh, like just basically like accessory skills throughout different pieces of equipment uh, and like yeah. really thinking about which armor set I want to use because of the skills that it has and then like accessories that you get with them uh, it's just a lot more to, to think about um, but it's been fun because I just all that stuff is online so I, I finished out all the single player stuff and now it's just been mm -hmm. rolling with four other or three other people, and it makes the time go by a lot faster. Oh, definitely. So yeah, I'm hunter rank definitely. six now. Uh, I'm not quite at seven, but it's cool because also you know they 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 do kind of continue the story into that that time as well. Like, I mm -hmm. know about the there's a big bad now, so I haven't I can't fight them yet, and I'm kind of terrified too, but <laughs> uh, I'm excited to get there. Um, that's I, I feel like that's Hell that's yeah. really it. I, I've been playing a lot of Enter the Gungeon, but you know that's a weird one. Uh, definitely the RPG ness of it is like tertiary, but it is there and it's super weird. Uh, mm -hmm. And I've been also uh, you and I are working on a D and D project, so I've been sinking my time into that a little bit. But that's but just planning, nothing exciting yet. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. What about you, Scott? So before we get to that, one thing, pretty much one of the big things that's happened since the last time you and I spoke, Alex, mm -hmm. something that I feel we have to address yes. is the plethora of Tales of Arise news we've oh, gotten yes. and videos. What's your take Dude. so far? Uh, I, you, we, we've talked a lot about it like in text form, um, and, mm. and you brought up a, a thing that stuck out to me as well, kind of big it's just like ooh, this feels this got money behind it <laughs> like, like they put they uh -huh. paid a lot of money for this right uh which is cool like you and i have obviously like, loved this series for a long time so last time i i would say it got kind of close to that treatment was like tales of zillia the first one um mm -hmm. but even still uh like this feels like a big budget game which is just really exciting for the, the franchise yeah um uh, that sticks out a lot to me the combat looks fantastic from what they've shown. It's like the past week, so at the time of recording, in basically the past week, we got the surprise reveal of the release date in like mm -hmm. a long trailer. Then we got a seven minute long gameplay demo focusing and showing off more of the combat. Yeah. And then like a day ago, we got more trailers showing off different locations. I haven't seen that one yet. Um. And it's... I guess, and kind of fleshing out the story, and I guess, like, one world, like, the main world's being invaded by uh, aliens, or, like, 
another race is coming down. I'm getting very like Tales of Symphonia kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Tales of Just Graces. from Yeah. Um so it's like oh, that's really cool. I'm still so just so in love with the art style yeah. they're going with. The characters have like a sharpness to them that is cool mm-hmm. and it you know, it is still very anime, but it's it's cool to see them, you know, you look at Tales of Vesperia, for example, and then you look at this. Or even Bursary, the last one. Like, this has a very distinct kind of look to it, and they all do. Uh, but it, it's really shining bright uh, through this with the, the characters, the outfits, um, some of the environments they've, they've shown off have been really spectacular. Uh, I know we've seen, like, a lot of this desert, but even that, I, I think, has looked mm-hmm. very cool. Um, and... and seen some of the combat it just seems <laughs> like a ridiculous it's hard to ab- i really want to know like how the gate like what you're doing kind of moment to moment how like the traditional tales inputs kind of play into how absurdly bombastic the combat gets um uh, because from it- what it looks like it's adopting kind of a style of a mix of like grace's cp management system mm-hmm. and berseria's each phase button is assigned a different art, and yeah. that kind of links into a chain, which I guess is also kind of what they did with Graces as well. And there's, t- where, there's where it had the combo trees. There's team up moves though, uh, which is yeah. very Tales of Zillia as well. So uh, yeah, but like on steroids. Yeah, on a lot of steroids, on the anime steroids, which is great. All the steroids. Um, so, um, so I, I really, I'm ex- super excited to, to see kind of how fluid it is. I mean, it, it's re- they they talked about like a visual and performance mode, which is cool. Um, that this will like potentially have some kind of 4K output. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely in for like some kind of performance mode that just keeps it silky smooth. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I it's 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 a lot. It was so much to process. Uh, mm-hmm. And we we get to also we finally I love how they save like every time they reveal a Tales game it's like here's two characters it's only about them and it's like and there's a party of like seven other people but don't worry we'll just save them for like the last trailer <laughs> yeah so we finally get we to got know two what of our everyone else looks like we got we got two other characters at least two of the main yeah. party yeah the we have our stereotypical well not stereotypical but our. Uh, prerequisite mage character mm-hmm. kind of i kind of get of a, a rita vibe from her yes um and then your punchy boy your punchy rogue boy who's who's like jude on steroids yes he looks really cool i love his hair uh, yeah yeah it's it's cool it, they're they seem to be just a band of mess ups in a in a similar way to uh Bursario, where you were just like a bunch of bad dudes. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, you get that the best thing about that game, and, and it's why I tell people to kind of start there, is it definitely has one of the better, like, better written characters uh, of the whole franchise, just because, like, mm-hmm. they're all real bad people and they've all done real bad stuff, but you really get to empathize with them in a, in a cool way. Especially Aizen. Yeah. Aizen's such a phenomenal character. Uh, fun fact, played by Talison Jaffe uh, of Critical Role fame. Um, which is... Seriously? Great. Holy... Yeah, I, I thought Shit. I was going to blow your mind with that one. You did? <laughs> I'm so glad I did, because when I found that out, what? I was like, what? Because <laughs> he doesn't sound like Talison at all. No. And I... 
I played, I mean, Berseria long before I started getting into Critical Role. Yeah, me too. I'm like, holy crap. And it's like, so many of the cast have been involved in Tales games. Oh, yeah. I feel like. Liam, um, Liam O'Brien's all over that stuff. Yeah. Um, and Sam Regal. Yes. Uh, Talison and, now. And, and Laura Billy, obviously. She's in every video game. Yeah, she has to be somewhere. Yeah, she Matt's probably been side characters or something. For sure. Uh, yeah, Tales of Arise looks stellar September 9th. Uh, September 10th. September 10th. That's totally what I, That's like the Japanese release date, right? It's like September 9th. Yeah, right. Bastards. And it's the first time also. Man. Finally. It's like, for the most part, we're getting that worldwide release. Uh, I think Vesperia, the Vesperia remaster. Oh, yeah, sorry. Vesperia was, was also. But like, you know of a, yeah. a new entry into the franchise and that's awesome it's just feel good we were both like that dropped in the morning we were both just so stiff that whole day yeah um what's your take on the removal of multiplayer i didn't see this i didn't know yeah. this i'm not i would there's no multiplayer in arise i'm not surprised um i that makes me wonder did they say any reason? Was it just like, you know, we're, we're moving on from it, or is there like a mechanical reason why it why it would work? I think it's mechanical reason. They said I I don't remember. I just saw that it's been announced that there's no multiplayer. I didn't dive too deeply into it, but like then I saw people was like, well, I, I I'm part of a Tales fan group on Facebook, mm-hmm. and at that announcement, it's like I just saw that. Tales of Arise, uh, it isn't going to have multiplayer. I canceled my pre-order. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm sure those people come out of the wet work. Yeah, it doesn't like I've always predominantly like anytime I want to play one of those games the first time I always want to play it single player. So like I, I don't yeah. care. But I feel like the older Tales games are better adapted to that. Um, mm-hmm. Like Vesperia, especially Symphonia, especially Tales of the Abyss, for sure. Yeah. Um, that game it has a ton of cool stuff that you can do with people that know what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. With, like, the, the Aeon Fields, whatever they're called. Phaeon Fields. Phonon. Phonon. Fields of Phonon. <laughs> F-O-F. Yeah, how can I forget Alex. F-O-F? Fields of Phonon. I got it. You can see how, like, deep-seated all these yeah. pronouns are in all of us. Uh, Tails loves their pronouns, yeah, man. Yeah, and you can just feel it coming off of uh, this new trailer. The, the best thing I could say about Tales of Berseria is it, like, simplifies so much of that. It's just, like... You're called demons. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we don't need a bunch of names yeah. for it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not surprised. It's not heart heartbreaking or soul-crushing for me. Yeah. But um, I, I hope that if that means, like, you're going to be doing those combo moves and stuff require kind of more from the player, uh, that it, it mm-hmm. just means you have a kind of more active direction of your party members. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like, Tails multiplayer has always been that, like, pipe dream, like, I'm gonna have someone over at my house, yeah. and we're gonna like just co-op a Tales the game like all weekend. Game. And it's gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna be great. And I've loved when we like the sessions we've had playing through co-op in Vesperia. It's just so hard, you know. But it, yeah, it's it's not conducive. Like as nice as it is to do it remotely, it's okay. It's an hour long. Uh, okay, hold on. Let me reinstigate the the share play, and maybe it's better on Steam because it doesn't have that limitation. Yeah. Um, 
and now only one person needs the game for you to be able to play two player but um i'm i'm fine with it like you very i've never really played an extensive amount of a tales game with someone um and there's just so much else to love about what they've shown of Arise so far. Yeah, it's that I've, I've lived the dream. You know, I played Tales of Symphonia for the most part with a couple of friends. It is, it is, it is mm-hmm. a special thing. Um, you know, but keep in mind, a lot of that playthrough, I was kind of like trudging, like, all right, let me do grinding off screen, or let me just get to the next dungeon, mm-hmm. so we have something to do, because it's just Lloyd complaining to Colette for two, two and a half hours right now. Um, <laughs> so like. You know, it, it is it is cool when it happens, but like I said, I think that does fit those older games more, just because they're a little bit simpler. Yeah. Uh, and if this leads them to to doing kind of more bombastic, cool things, and I'm here for it. You know what needs co-op though is Final Fantasy VII remake. I will say, there's no excuse. I would be interested to see how that goes. Ah, oh, God, it would it would just make that game way too easy. <laughs> it's just the truth because your teammates don't do anything when you're not controlling them. God, be It'll be interesting. So good, though. I, I mean, people have added multiplayer to Kingdom Hearts 3 via mods on PC. It's possible when it eventually comes out, when Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out on PC, maybe we'll get multiplayer. That might there. be that might be worth like something for me. I'm just gonna let you, I'm gonna put the seed out there. I know we make a lot of promises, Scott, but <laughs> just put the seed out there and just like I'll build a PC for that. Make it happen. Yeah, That'd be so good. Um. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that's our uh, brief aside and nerd out session of Tales of Arise, all the news drops, because we haven't had a chance to. Oh, no, we haven't. Thank you so, for that. I needed that. Yeah, I, ne- I needed to get it off my chest and just, oh my God, did you see this? It oh my God, so oh my God. Good. It looks so it's good. so good. I love Xion's design. Like that, she's just like yes. this badass chick with a magical sniper rifle. Erica Harlatcher. Sign me up. Getting that yes. top villain. I don't know who plays the dude. Um, I know. Uh, I think. Oh, uh, who voices Noctis? Ray. Oh shoot! Is it him? Um, Ray Chase. Ray Chase. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Ray He's Chase. He's got near replicant and uh, Tales of Arise under his belt this series. He'll be the Troy Baker of anime games before you know it. Um, <laughs> you know it. Yeah, that's that's cool. I yeah, it's it seems like a great cast. I know the guy who plays Kirito plays the uh, the punchy dude. I just recognize that dude's mm-hmm. voice anywhere. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm it. In all honesty, it just looks it looks cool. It looks big budget. It looks silky smooth. Also, all the gameplays just looks so smooth. Yep. Um, it's awesome that it's coming everywhere at once. Uh, I hope it and it's in that September like blockbuster spot. And it's like what a great year for big tales game to come out the year after new consoles come out because like that's always a year where no fucking big video games come out. September mm-hmm. is like not super crowded. I mean, the fall right now is not super crowded at all. Uh, Say, so yeah, I'm really hoping this just does super well for for Tales. Yeah, I think a lot of people are are thirsty for it, so uh, I think it's a good time. And we don't really have any other big RPGs. I want to say in the fall yet. yet. Yeah, I at some point Horizon Forbidden West might come out this year. I think that's the biggest thing, uh, which is a very weird RPG, but. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely has like I'm imagining more of a skill tree and stuff from a sequel to that game as well. So yeah. Uh, um, but in terms of games I've been playing, uh, I finished Bravely Default too. Absolutely love it. Yeah, absolutely love it. it. It's scratch because because I don't want to necessarily spoil anything, but I know 
that first game gets pretty buck wild. Does does Bradley default to touch into that kind of stuff at the end? Um, I don't think it gets like it's not as of annoying of buck wild stuff. Like there's definitely twists and holy crap. Um, but there's a good amount of um. There's there's some fun twists and turns, but if you've played old RPGs like old Final Fantasy games, nothing will blindside you quite like how um, Bravely Default did. Yeah, didn't have anything on that level. Okay, um, but it does like there's a few different endings, and it's you have to it does the whole replaying and picking up before the final fight for a new ending much better than the other previous games which I appreciate um I very much I, I absolutely love this game I would probably put it at like an 8-5 okay. um my biggest my biggest complaint honestly of the game is just I never jived with the designs of the characters okay um just the art aesthetic of them they always look kind of like creepy dolls to me um kind of plasticky but gameplay I thought was fantastic. Um, I would put this... Pr- the soundtrack was amazing. I absolutely love the soundtrack. Um, definitely better than Bravely Second okay. in terms of the soundtrack. But no, uh, great. What's What I have so much fun about these games is being able to find these super broken combos yeah. between character classes and abilities. Um, and this game... I did the same, and I loved kind of investigating and playing around with things, and then after I finished, excuse me, going through, um, like, online and Reddit pages and stuff and seeing what other combinations other people had kind of put together. Um, but really, really loved it. I hope they leave it kind of open, I feel like, for a bravely second to um i would love another game to kind of maybe join the worlds of the original bravely default and bravely second with this new one because bravely second ended off on a pretty big cliffhanger or left it open for another bravely third so i would i would much rather them continue that story as opposed to doing a bravely second two following these characters but any anything that's bravely i'll be happy to get minus mobile games yeah (laughs) but really really enjoyed this um when we all thought the playstation 3 vita and psp stores were shutting down i ended up buying a the digital version of a bunch of psp games for my vita one of them was final fantasy tactics um so i I was kind of in the mood to do kind of a challenge run playthrough of that. So I started that up and working through as a archer's only playthrough of that. I've been having a lot of fun with that. Scott Guthier would appreciate Um, that. Yeah, really, really enjoying that. I also have been playing a bit of Monster Hunter Rise. Um, Kind of dropped off just because I've had some other things to play, but really enjoyed it. And the new 2.0 patch just dropped yesterday. So got to jump back on that bandwagon. Uh, for our Monster Hunter Mondays, but yes. that's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying the bow. Really enjoying the bow. Um, what was your old, so old weapon? You've got the bow, and you, you had like a backup. Uh, long sword. Long sword. That's right. Long sword. 
Longsword is the weapon I have always played. Like, I never uh, really tried any of the other weapons in the Monster Hunter franchise. So this time around, I was like, okay, I have to, I have to try something new. I want to mix things up. So I wanted to do uh, long range because I don't think any of my friends have do long range. Yeah. So I was like, I'll, I'll try bow. I like bows in pretty much every other game. So tried it out, really liking it. Um, so I think I'm hunter rank four or five is where I left off. So I got got some catching up to do, but absolutely love the game. Glad to see it's doing so well. Yes, good vibes. Um, I hope that when it inevitably comes to other consoles or at least PC, I think is has been leaked slash confirmed next year. I hope there's like some cool carryover system. Like I don't have to like I don't see myself starting over fresh. Yeah, I would not do that. I wouldn't start over fresh. But if there's like transfer over your character or something and you can play on another platform, like cross save, I'd be like Okay, I will definitely play this at a higher resolution and better frame rate. Yes. Sixty um, FPS would be great. But it, it, it it's an impressive achievement regardless, yeah. Oh yeah, it's incredibly impressive for a Switch game. Um, what they, what Capcom's been able to do with it, absolutely adore it. Um, I've also been playing some Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Hell yes! No excuse necessary. Um, God, I love that game. <laughs> it's I don't know I don't. It's not my thing. Really? It like I love the writing, and it's clever and everything. I. I don't know. I'm just not jiving. Like, sure. The combat system doesn't do much for me. I, you know, I, I definitely, but, I get it after long doses of it, but uh, it just scratches a, a simple itch for me. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of the, like, the stylish moves also, which, which kind of spices it up for me. Mm-hmm. And even like I always, the first Paper Mario game I ever played was Super Paper Mario on Wii, mm, and then eventually vibe. I went back and. Right, it's very different. That game, way too... Like, I love the platforming and kind of the exploration in that game, but way too much talking. Yeah, it's a very chatty game. Way, 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 <laughs> way, 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 way too much talking. Um, so then, later on, I went back and played Paper Mario 64, and um, last year when I talked to David Brevik about uh, Thousand Year Door, I, I dabbled with it as well. Um, and I see why a lot of people love this game i definitely do honestly i would love like my most enjoyment i've gotten out of the interactions in this game is when you come back to rogue port and you see luigi standing there and you hear about his like mirror uh adventure he's going on that he's alluding to it's like that just cracks me up with like the waffle kingdom and everything it's like ah kind of wish they would have done like something like that or done more with that because i think that's hilarious but um people always like way back when the game first came out there was always hope that there would be a super luigi or super or just a paper luigi and and just yeah it was just that game um and it was also on Mm -hmm. gamecube and it would be kind of like a matura's mask s thing uh which i would have been super into as well just because like the waffle kingdom or whatever just sounds so absurd Mm -hmm. princess eclair yeah um I, lo- I love the idea of the badges uh there's i guess it's more if i i appreciate kind of the simple nature of the combat like this uh 
simple on the outside, but there's as kind of as much depth as you kind of you can add additional depth if you want. Mm-hmm. But having grown up more with Super Mario RPG on Super Nintendo, like I gear, I gravitate more towards that, where I feel like there's a bit more RPG elements. Yeah, and I dig that art style a bit more. But uh, no, it's still a fun game. The I would say like the Paper Mario Thousand Year Door aesthetic. It might be like a top five favorite art style of all yeah. time for me. It's just like, especially with yeah. the uh, the kind of offbeat character designs. That's just oh yeah, love all the weird. Goombas and yeah. shit. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's fun. It's not like, oh my god, this is. I I don't love it as like much as you do or like Mike does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can definitely see the appeal, and it it still makes me sad that that's not Paper Mario anymore. Yeah. Oh. I I respect that. I get. It. I I trust me. Nabushin is also the. I just prefer the Mario RPG over it as well so i've i've had that in my ear i get it i see the the pros and cons of both y'all yeah. know thousand year door is just special in my heart but oh for sure i think the kind of the story and the characters as a whole are better in thousand year door than super mario rpg mm. but i i prefer kind of like the combat and more just the addition of like equipable items yeah. and the party members yeah in Mario RPG, I, I prefer. And Mario RPG still has some amazing side characters. Like, I love Booster. Um, Boshi. And the Croc. Frog, Frog Fuchsius, Malo, all sorts of things. Like Gino. Gino, of course, yes. Rip Gino. Gino. One day he'll be in Smash. Um, but, like, all the side characters, like, just all the interesting characters you meet in... Uh, in Thousand Year Door, I think as a whole, the package has a stronger is stronger than Seven uh, Mario and the Legend of the Seven Stars. Whereas I prefer the gameplay hmm. to in um, Seven Stars over um, Thousand Year Door. Yeah, if you're gonna play one of the two, though, you're probably gonna play Mario RPG because it is impossible to play Thousand Year Door without a copy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah. Unless you want to emulate it, it's just yeah. What an unfortunate situation. And prices of that game just keep going up, up, up. Yeah, that's um, good to know. And luckily, so I much. got it before. Luckily, I got it before it started going too, too high in price. Um, but yeah, like you're looking at right now, hundred twenty, hundred thirty dollars for a complete copy of Thousand Year Door. Yeah, I'm glad I still have my box and everything. Yeah, so, um, and if you have a black label, you can be looking at, like, 170. <laughs> I think I have the, the other um, label. Damn. Um, but yeah, I appreciate it. It's, it's a lot of fun. I definitely get why people love this game, so. What, what got you to dive into it? It's just... Um, I'm actually going to be recording a discussion with it, with a Mr. Logan Moore and, uh, max here in the next couple weeks talking about it so excellent so i'm very so i i'm very much looking forward to that max robbers so yep gonna be doing that and yeah having a good time so 
been playing that. Uh, I've also been dabbling in the new Kingdom Hearts randomizer on the PC mm. uh, Epic Game Store version. That's been a lot of fun. It's still early on, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's good times. Yeah, that's cool. Because I am a randomizer fiend. Yes. Um, I've been, as you mentioned earlier, near. I yeah. played through for the first time OG Nier on PS3 before, like the week before Nier Replicant came out for an upcoming RPGU episode uh, that's all recorded. But yeah, really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed so, it. So how did you finish the, the original Nier? I, I've beaten the first ending. I haven't done any of the other endings. Yeah, that's that's all I did in the original Nier as well. So I have how much of Replicant have you played? I am, I'm still fairly early on. I've gotten Grimoire Vice. Um, I'm going to the junk, uh, the junk heap next. Got it. Okay, but you're still in like the, the uh, early timeline part. Of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Oh, man, what a. So I played near the original near. Uh, borrowed my fr- my very good friend uh, Justin Graffius his copy. Uh, and way back when so I played that in February of 2017 the month before uh, Near Automata came out I think I played it over that <laughs> summer actually but because mm-hmm. uh, there was way too much going on that, at that time um, and I played Near just through ending A and I'm excited to, to do all of this stuff in, in Replicant same um, and I, you know I will say comparatively to um Automata, like, ending A is, is a, a much more, like, full kind of at least setup of, of, of what's going on. Um, where, where Automata is, is way more, like, chapter-y-ish. Um, and I liked Nier a lot, and I did not like Nier Automata, <laughs> which is how, how it kind of shook out. Um, and it's weird, one, playing this version of this game, because having played the other one four years ago, it makes it feel like a weird dream. <laughs> that I mm-hmm. had like that he's like was it real did I really play because uh, it's like you know it's the same but it's not you know, the character is so we- extremely different uh, just to look on look at on screen it's just such a it, it's mostly a tonal vibe that is just completely different um, and it's it's enhancing the experience I would say <laughs> I think it, it only makes near more near if it feels like you've done all this before as a different old man yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and that's great uh, I, I definitely feel you if you're getting just like the side quest fatigue from having played the two back to back because like I just have to obsessively do all these terrible side quests in this game um, and yeah it's it's just bringing it all back done a lot of fishing <laughs> in your replicant I'm like I, I'm in the the I, I've hit the time jump, um, and I'm in I'm in that. I've got I've, mm-hmm. I've got I've got a party, and and I'm I'm deep in there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a weird game. It's it's unfortunate for me just because like the I try I try and be above like the the zeitgeist of a game, not taking away the the quality of it if you particularly don't like that game. <laughs> So, uh-huh. but I, I, you know, I am, I am only human. So a little bit of my sour taste with Automata has, has started to bleed over a little bit to this game. Uh, but it's definitely, uh, they redid all the voice acting, right? That's like, yeah. Um, 
it's man they just I, I forgot how great these characters were uh and you know that is one thing i have to say i absolutely adore about near over automata is the characters yeah. and i like the interaction between near and vice or in vice and kine yeah. and emil best boy emil yes um i there's I go into this deeper in the uh, RPGU episode, but there's just so much more charm. Like, this game seems to have a lot more fun with itself in the parodies it does and it's in homages to, like, the different games mm-hmm. and things. Whereas, I feel like Automata takes itself a bit too seriously at times. Yes, for sure. Where this one, it's like, yeah, we're going to have, like, this king of this... Uh, facade the desert nation he's gonna find a mask and hold it up like zelda because why not i'm yoko taro you know um or the uh visual novel story book in the tree of myth or the myth and tree trees area Mm -hmm. just little things like that and the banter back and forth between the characters that i don't remember really hearing in automata yeah there i mean it's definitely there but it's it's a lot there's a lot more of it here, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, what helps is, like, Vice is such an imp- integral part of that because he just has something to fucking say about everything, which is yeah. the best. And and Him calling Kaine a hussy always puts a smile <laughs> on my it's face. So, it's so terrible, but it's like, he just said it right to her face, too, which makes it so worse, and she just doesn't give a fuck about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and, like, man, like, Liam O'Brien, what a gift he just gives to this game. He just gives it... Mm-hmm. 100% and everything else uh, and I remember like this was like the first game I played where he like wasn't a bad guy and it, it's he just I didn't I when I when Replicant was coming out I had like legitimately forgotten that he was Vice like but it's it's, mm-hmm. it's very clearly his voice but I, he just like I really enveloped myself in that in that role um, he just does such a great job at it um, and the kid that they got playing the young version of, of Nier is, is I definitely haven't, I haven't really heard him and stuff before, so it was cool. Mm-hmm. He brings a, a new flavor to it. It's just such a different vibe uh, throughout the whole game with, with it being like a, a brother-sister thing and it just feeling so anime in a very different way <laughs> than like d- yeah. that old dad who is played by, I don't know the voice actor's name, but he plays boss in... Uh, Persona 5, uh, Sojiro, uh, and he's mm-hmm. he's like in all anime games as well, and he's so great, uh, and he does a really great job as like the father figure too, I think. Um, so it's not to say that that isn't like also a great performance. It's just like this is so different. Uh, it's just it, it's cool. It's it's I don't know how I feel about it. I'm trying not to jump to like a conclusion before I I kind of finally see everything through to the end here. Um, but it's it is a, a very strange game. Yeah, love it. Yeah, are you are you more of a Papa near or brother near fan? I don't know. It's so we. I like I I like the the thing I like more here is is the young younger characters' interactions with the other characters. Um, but mm-hmm. I think the father's interactions with Yona. I really liked uh and and that mm-hmm. is such like a core tenet of that relationship because he is so he feels so rugged and terror terrifying you know like misunderstood um yeah but he's so gentle with her and that brings it it, it creates a, a contrast with him and all the other people he talks to where he feels like he has to 
be like, you know, I'm the kind of intimidating man of the house vibe. And then when he talks to Yona, he's so sweet and gentle. So it, it, it is like this cool dichotomy where the brother that's like, where everyone kind of looks down on him and and they don't like see him as like a an intimidating figure because they're both kids it's it just very different it's it's super interesting <laughs> uh mm-hmm. and it just it makes me think about like the whole gestalt versus replicant versions and like the idea behind it as a whole it, it really makes that way more interesting in retrospect now yeah definitely Definitely. So I don't know. I, I'm uh, reserving judgment is, is my answer. Yeah. And really, outside of that, the only other thing I've been playing is Dungeons & Dragons. I'm still playing Dungeons & Dragons twice a week. Still loving it. Hell yeah. And uh, rolling dice, man. I'm anxious. I just got my second COVID shot, so hopefully in a couple weeks, and with the weather getting better, I'll be able to actually roll dice with my friends in person again. It'll be fantastic. That's awesome. I can't wait. So, good. But yeah, rolling rolling dice with people is a magical feeling. Yes, it is. And I just backed Wormwood's uh, Dispel Dice Kickstarter, so I I got some cool dice. I have to figure out too by November. Mm-hmm. But bam, it's good. But I think that's been a that's been a very good in depth discussion on the games we've been playing, Alex. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I gotta say. I enjoyed it. Yeah, we had a rise we in are, there too. It was great. We did. We did. It was a good time. But we are finally to the point. We're going to take a look at the games coming out this month in May of 2021. Starting off, we have Almighty Kill Your Gods entering early access on the PC on May 5th. Now, this game was revealed... I'm trying to remember when this was revealed, but you're like a werewolf kind of character... That kind of gets a bunch of abilities and stuff, and you fight giant monsters. Yeah, I vaguely remember this game. I feel like it was um, some I, Xbox thing, but yeah, but maybe not. Who knows? Um, it's an action RPG, third person, uh, play solo or cooperative with up to four players, and you can craft and customize powerful gear to create your own unique character class and play style. Upgrade and defend your home island. A strong home gives you power. You can visit your friends' homes uh, and help each other upgrade and defend from enemy raids. And you fight in a reactive, changing environment. Anger the gods and see the islands change before your eyes. So I'm not gonna lie, this looks pretty fun. Yeah, it does. It looks pretty cool. Like I remember being pretty impressed with its first showing. Um, so I'm I'm anxious to give it a try. I think it could be a good uh, good Wednesday night stream checkout game. Yeah, it's I, I assume it's probably only on uh, Steam right now, but mm-hmm. it's very cool. I, like I appreciate. It seems like it has enough different things going on to to be exciting to play, and the bosses look very yeah. cool. Yeah, could definitely be pretty pretty damn sweet. But yes, Almighty Kill Your Gods enters early access on Steam on May 5th. Then uh, The Hand of Merlin is coming out on Steam uh, on May 11th. It's a turn-based roguelite RPG in which Arthurian legend meets uh, sci-fi horror. You recruit mortal heroes to explore lands rife with otherworldly evil 
make narrative bending choices in a unique interactive encounter and search for lost fragments of your soul across the multiverse. Um, so it looks kind of XCOM-y. Yeah, but it's a roguelite, which is very interesting. Yeah. In that, uh, you also get, like, special abilities, so there's, like, a hot bar with abilities you can get. Looks kind of, looks kind of cool. Yeah. I'm kind of, kind of digging it. And I'm, I'm always a fan of roguelikes and tactical RPGs. So, uh, yeah. It's about, it's Enjoy about compelling... to be the season for it, apparently. Yeah, it's all, it's all the rage. Uh, enjoy a compelling story inspired by Arthurian legend, the Matter of France, and a history of El Andalus, with an unusual twist. Make choices in interactive encounters that change every time you play. Written by the guy behind the Talos Principle and Sirius Sam 4, and the Lands of Dream. Not familiar with, with that game specifically, but cool. Dynamic leveling. Use Renown to level up your heroes and choose behind, between a randomized set of new skills or improved attributes, but choose wisely. Select skills with great synergy and balance your party for the road ahead. Equipment upgrades, spells, and relics. Makes me interested in what, like, the, the carryover between runs is. If, like, there's, like, a hub base yeah. that you're kind of building out. Or, like, a skill tree, maybe. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty nifty. I'm I'm all for it. I'm, I will have to, uh, have to check this out. But yes, this uh, game by developer Room C Games and Crow Team, published by Versus Evil, releases on Steam on May 11th of this year, so be sure to check it out. And probably one of the big, two biggest games, I would say, releasing in all of May, releasing on May 14th for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, is the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which brings Mass Effect 1 through 3 to modern platforms with to semi-modern visual platforms. overhauls <laughs> right semi-modern uh but yeah so this is gonna be fun and exciting yeah this is the chunky boy in in may i feel like uh i'm i'm really excited i i i sat down with uh Nabishin, uh and also chess and andrew cogswell to to chat about it it'll probably be out not within relation to this episode, a little bit after this. So, um, just just talking about it again, and it's just thinking about all the mm-hmm. the things that I don't remember about Mass Effect, all the things that I have not seen in Mass Effect Three, all the DLCs that I haven't, uh, mm-hmm. and just uh, a thing that I I totally forgot to mention there that I'm I'm hopefully planning on committing to is uh, this is gonna be my first Femship run. I'm gonna commit to it. Very nice. I, I've always done the Mailship, but. Uh, I'm I'm a new man. I'm ready. There you go. And and the the kind of bringing OG, like the the new stylized femship through back through to Mass Effect One is helps with that a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm excited, um, man. I am too. I've only played through Mass Effect like the series once back when they all came out. Um, I'm super excited for this. Much like you, I am also sitting down with Nabushin to record an episode of RPGU, but I am doing something even crazier. We're going to have a lot of, first and foremost, we're going to have a lot of Mass Effect content on IP this this month. I'm I'm dubbing it Mace Effect. Ooh. Um, but 
I'm going to try something crazy where I'm going to have a new episode of RPGU every Thursday in May. With each Thursday being the next Mass Effect game. So May 6th, boom, Mass Effect 1. Going to have my good friend uh, Mario Rivera. Excellent. uh, From Dual Shockers. He's going to be on. Previous of Dual Shockers. Previous, correct. (laughs) Just to make sure everyone... We're we're all previously of Dual Shockers at this point. Everyone in Um, But yeah, going to have him on the 6th. Going to have Nabashin talking some Mass Effect 2. We're going to have some other guests for Mass Effect 3 and Mass Effect 27. And speak of the devil, Mario literally just messaged me on uh, on Discord. So, hey, Mario. He's ready. He's He's ready. about Mass Effect. He heard us talking (laughs) about Mass Effect. It's true. Through the ether... Uh, through the Mass Effect relays, he he heard me talking about uh, about this, but I'm very excited for this game. Um, yeah, I'm so excited to because I, I I've only played through Mass Effect three once. I played through one and mm-hmm. two multiple times, many 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 times, um, and just because I'm a psychopath. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I, it's just like the the amount of things I've forgotten is is what I'm most excited for. I played a little bit of Mass Effect two. Probably twenty like eighteen. Um, I like tried to kind of commit to another replay, but that was in the backwards compatibility on you know Xbox One. It's kind of a different thing. I'm excited to have it all kind of brought brought fresh and forward again. Better frame rate across the board. No load times, hopefully, uh, to worry about. Obviously, mm-hmm. the elevator skipping is is pretty. That's pretty big for me. I'm gonna be honest, um, <laughs> uh, and you know, just a, a better, hopefully, version of Mass Effect One. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for, and just like, just to have it be feel kind of new again. And the, the the best thing I think for me, and and we talked a, l- a lot about it on that episode of Patch Notes that'll be out at some point, um, is just the the vibe of all these new people that are going to be playing Mass Effect and kind of it being in the zeitgeist again and then we'll talking about it on Twitter and social media and all that again. That's that's going to be really exciting. That's going to be really exciting. What's not going to be really exciting, though, is how this will just spurn people to ask even more frequently about news of the new Mass Effect that they announced, like, five years earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... That's just going to stir it back up it's again. It's going to make all the, the weird feelings come up again. Mass Effect and all of its baggage. <laughs> Yeah, pretty enjoy much. Enjoy Mass Effect 1 through 3, especially if you've never played them before. It is just a, a treat. Yes. And I can't wait to see what uh, Mass Effect 3's ending uh, discussion will be like in the year of 2021, when yeah. things are so much better uh, when it comes to public discourse on the internet. <laughs> I know. I'm like... Because much like all things, I'm certain a lot of the reaction would be like, I, I don't see what everyone was just so upset about. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's the the all, other thing on top of that is just like this version of Mass Effect 3 is very different than the one that we all played day one, you know. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's still Mass Effect 3. I, I am not talking about really the shooting, the guns, the whatever. Just just the vibe, the anticipation, the DLC citadel dlc especially the leviathan dlc especially the the final cut patch update to the ending uh yeah it's Mm -hmm. we're in a different world and and i'm i'm excited to see people kind of just come come into that without all the baggage i'm hopeful scott i know i'm a fool but i'm 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 hopeful 
I I think it's going to be hectic. The, the the fight's now going to be not whether or not the ending is good. It's why did you think the ending was bad back in the yeah. day? And you all are stupid and blah, 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 blah. Green laser. I don't know. Who green knows? It's, yeah, green laser. Red laser. That's your go-to? I'm, I'm a, the green I'm ending? I'm a red laser guy. Green apple? Uh... I went, uh, I think I... I think I went blue raspberry route. Mm, mm. I think Namashin went blue raspberry as well. So, seemed like a good idea at the time, you know. I guess we'll we'll yeah, we'll find not? out in five years when the sequel comes out. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. If we're lucky. If we're lucky. If Bioware's still around. Yes. Um, flip a coin on that one, you know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But yes, Mass Effect Legendary Edition is releasing on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on May fourteenth. So look forward to that. Next up, we have the PS5 port of Void, letters, 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 symbol, symbols, Void, Terrarium, plus, plus. Um, yeah, this is a port of an NIS uh, RPG, kind of a side-scrolling RPG that released a couple years ago, I want to say. Looks kind of cute. It's got that NIS cute art style, unique art style. Um, it seems like the the there's side-scrolling and then there's dungeon crawling, which is very like roguelike like mm-hmm. like pokemon mystery dungeon roguelike like the real the og move when they move yeah uh which is cool it's a very weird combo uh but you've got an anime yep. girl with the flower grown out of her head so yeah taking place it's it is a roguelike adventure set in a post-apocalyptic world where humans have supposedly gone extinct and players take control of like a doll character yes um and your journey in your uh, a scrapped janitorial robot on their journey to explore the desolate wasteland in search of few food, medicine, and crafting supplies in order to keep a defenseless human girl alive, confront wasteland creatures and rogue robots in a procedurally generated level where no two expeditions are are alike. The fate of mankind rests in your hands. Roguelikes. So, yeah. so, Roguelikes. I remember I lived in a time when roguelikes weren't coming out every other day. I know. What a weird time. It's crazy. I know. Remember when like Metroidvanias were coming out like every other day? I know, it was just a year ago. <laughs> and like before that there was like random realistic shooters coming out every other day. I know. The the, the, man. the age of what was it? The home home run or whatever, the the one where like Korea takes over america man what a diff- oh yeah what a different world we lived in <laughs> we're like just the generic shooter was the game to make yeah the more browns and grays you could throw in the better the score yeah yeah we just this is not the vibe. if you put out that kind of game now it would not do well <laughs> nope but if you release that as a remaster and update the texture slightly you might get some sales. And it has a Battle Royale mode. Don't forget. Right. This that. is true. Gotta have this the Battle true. Royale mode. Uh, but yes, that is Void Letters, Letters, Symbol, Symbols, Void Terrarium++ releasing, getting its PS5 port on May 18th. Next up, uh, on May 21st, apparently only in Europe, uh, the Switch is getting Kowloon High School Chronicle. Uh, on the Nintendo Switch. Now, this game apparently er- initially released in 2004 in Japan, and it's a hybrid RPG adventure and first-person simulation game. Okay. Um, 
It's a hybrid visual novel first-person dungeon crawler set in an Egyptian-style tomb under a Japanese high school. Very, okay. very old-school Shin Megami Tensei vibes from this. Yes. Uh, which is a very specific niche. <laughs> As we've talked about on this show. It's true. Uh, but yeah, so kind of interesting. The Egyptian stuff underneath a Japanese high school. I'm also getting kind of some uh, wizardry vibes mm. uh, with some of the puzzles, it looks like. But yes, all you European listeners uh, can look forward to that on May 21st on Nintendo Switch. That's cool. So get it and let me know how it goes. Yeah, I'm curious how about it is. this. Is this some cult classic that we missed out, like Moon Game or whatever? Yeah, it's a definitely a strange game to just release on Switch in Europe 17 years Apropos after it initially released nothing. in Japan. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. Deep cut. I like deep cuts. Good story. Uh, next up on May 21st, also releasing on Switch, but worldwide, we have Metopia. The cute kind of me-focused RPG. I think it was initially a... Uh, 3ds download game or something right or it came bundled this was not so this was kind of spun off of the the built-in uh me plaza game but it is this is in the same vein as uh tomodachi life it is more of like uh what if we just made a weird game about me's uh and tomodachi life was more of like a sim me game and this is an rpg Mm -hmm. uh and yeah this is maybe the first of many 3DS ports to the Nintendo Switch. We will see. Um, but yeah, new customization features, I guess. That's like... I don't know what's new in this version of this game. I guess you get there's some new, like... Jobs? Maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but Yeah, I don't know. The, this is like a... I, I know a lot of people that played this game that, that really liked it. Um, kind of, it's an in for a penny, in for a pound type thing. You, you just kind of got to be into it, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really do love Tomodachi Life. I think that game is charming as hell. Um, so I'm, I just, I would a game of like the the 3DS game to port to Switch. This is just such a weird one, but I don't know. I I really have no expectation of of what people are gonna think of this because no yeah. one in the u.s really got into the the 3ds release so i i know a lot of people are gonna buy it because it's on switch and, and people buy games for switch you know it's just gonna happen so i'm very excited to see if like there is something some cool story to come out of this Mm-hmm. yeah gonna be interesting we'll see mm-hmm. i don't know how much it's gonna be going for do you it's fifty dollars fifty united states dollars seems a little steep wow that's super steep. Yeah. Not- Especially when you consider, I think for the same price, or $10 more, you could get our next game, which is releasing on May 25th, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster for PS4, Switch, and PC, which I would argue is a much better uh, monetary investment. Probably. Than Metopia. Uh, it's $50. Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster for PlayStation 4. That is a $50 game. Same price. What are you going to choose, Scott? <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. I do like my I do like my Miis. Um, but no, I am super, super excited for uh, SMT 3 Nocturne. 
Um, they, a lot of stuff came out about this like last month, right? Or my, or was it a couple months ago? I feel like I saw a ton mm. of trailers drop for more recently. Well, they're starting their media blitz, so I think in the past month we've gotten a bunch of trailers. Okay. I think the big trailer was maybe two or three weeks ago. Yeah, it might. It could, it and could then they've been just been releasing, <laughs> uh, been releasing trailers going forward. But super excited for this game. I'm really glad that they'll have both. Uh, detective rido and the dante stuff uh that you can do even in the u.s because we never got the rido uh uh, boss battle here in the states Mm so super excited for this i'm excited for more people to play it now that the series is more well known it's coming to pc and ps4 i'm super super excited and i can only see this increasing hype for uh hopefully smt5 later this year early next year yeah still still know nothing mum about that right we have a little bit of info but yeah um my guess is e3 um i think we'll get something yeah that would fit nicely into e3 direct yeah uh nocturne will have been out for a while they can announce it without trying to steal its thunder or at least show it off so um but yes, give this a check out. It's a fantastic RPG on the PS2, getting uh, the HD remaster treatment with some new stuff added. Uh, so yeah, if you are a fan of these games, you already know what's up. But give it a check out. Uh, next up on May 25th, also the same day as uh, Nocturne, Biomutant is finally releasing on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Now, this is a game where you run around as a furry little creature with, like, an eye patch, and it's post-apocalyptic kung fu fable RPG. Pretty sure it's um, create a character. Uh, you, you yeah. You get to make your... You, I, I don't know how many options you have to choose from for your furry race, but fox-like. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I, I'm hopeful for this game. I'll be honest. Uh, I really hope this turns out to be something cool. I remember being rather underwhelmed by it when I tried it out at PAX. Yeah, same. Last year? Uh, no, that was like four years ago. <laughs> well, I'm trying to say, I don't know if it was PAX East last year or PAX West the year before. I believe it was PAX West the year before. Um, I remember hating the narrator. Absolutely hating the narrator. And kind of the weird random word bubble pop-outs. Mm. That happened. I just thought it was really weird. It was like the announcer sounded like the guy from Little Big Planet. Oh. Like the British Steam guy Friday? talking. And it just was like a really random disconnect. And the combat was like, okay. But granted, this is at least like a year and a half ago. So, uh, yeah, they, they went dark on this game for a long time and, and really yeah. put it in the cooker. Like literally through all of 2020, they were like, we're just going to go numb on this until we have something we're ready to say. And. So it, yeah. it come out. They they put out a couple of new trailers. I think it does look better. You know, it's hard to to gauge. Yeah. Uh, but I, I my my hope is that that th- this turns out to be something cool, just because this has been the the like one and only THQ Nordic like kind of hey we're gonna try and make something new with the kind of same vibe of THQ of the old generation, a la a Darksiders or something. Um, but it's it's brand new and and we're gonna 
like mm-hmm. put some effort into it and hopefully it will be good so i just hope it turns out good i look forward to picking this up in a couple months when it's like 20 bucks and i have time yes probably same but but uh, the, like i don't see especially with it coming out the same day as nocturne i don't oh, i'm yeah. not going to jump on this day one um and especially only like four days after metopia i mean come on yeah metopia you... or biomutant come on got a lot of you're just asking for the po- poor sales whole lot of me's um but no i hope it does well i'm always up for um new like new ips to kind of show what they can do and and do stuff so uh i hope it does well i hope it's improved greatly and yeah we'll just have to see how biomutant does when it releases on uh, may 25th for ps4 xbox one switch and pc also on may 25th because that's the day to be and release on apparently man eater that shark rpg is releasing on switch so cool i feel like we've talked about man eater like three yeah, times now shark pg um, so shark My pg loves man eater uh he says it's great so he doesn't play a lot of video games but i'll take his word for it um yeah. dlc coming out this summer apparently so you know maybe, maybe switch cool. is where it'll live Um, and then May 27th, releasing on PC, Solasta Crown of the Magister is coming out of Early Access and releasing on May 27th. This is the kind of D&D 5e uh, overhead RPG. Oh. A um, lot of fun. Really good. It's got all sorts of stuff you can do. Not co- it's The polish and stuff isn't as high as like your Baldur's Gate 3, but... Um, it's got a lot of really cool stuff to it. You can make adventures and share them with people and, and all sorts of stuff. So, Cool. That is cool. Uh, yeah. So give it a check out. It's currently available in early access. It's been available for a while now. Um, pretty polished. And it, it's a fun time. So give it a check out. I think our Jarrett Green uh, wrote up on it somewhere on the internet. Uh, but I know he checked it out and enjoyed it as well. So give Solasta Crown of the Magister a check out. Releasing finally on PC, uh, full release on May 27th. And keeping it in the vein of Dungeons & Dragons, we're going to the tabletop world. Uh, on May 18th, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft is releasing for a uh, supplement to Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. I am super excited about this supplement. Well, what do we I got in here? Wait. Something I need to know about? Cool classes? What you got? Um, it's not so much classes, but what this will give you is a list of like 25 or 30 different um uh domains of dread Mm. with each one featuring its own kind of unique uh style of horror or uh story hooks that you can use in your own adventure um so like uh eldritch horror or zombie horror or all sorts of things with expanded beastries and mysterious items all coming into it. Um, so yeah, very cool. So you, and how to make your own domain of dread. So Strahd, one of the big, uh, well-known villains of, um, D and D lore and history, he resides in kind of, uh, rules over a domain of dread, but there's tons of tons of them. Each one being ruled by another individual or another monster. 
Cool. And this kind of gives you range of all the different kinds of domains, what monsters you'd fight there, ideas to make your own, all sorts of cool stuff. So I'm very, very excited about this one. Cool. I'm gonna. Um, I'm probably gonna end up reading some of it. So. Yeah. I'm in an ideas-seeking mood. So. Oh, I think this would be a, this will be a very good idea-generating um, book to check out. But yes, that is Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, releasing on May 18th, 2021. But that is going to do it for this month's syllabus for May 2021. Thanks for joining me, Alex. Always a pleasure. Happy to be here. Was a blast talking and uh, nerding out with you today. But also, thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service, as I'd really appreciate it. And if you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion, or you can share your favorite RPGs directly with me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another. Class dismissed.